Hello and welcome to Day 3 Live, the live broadcast of Sunday morning service at Day 3 Church in Granite Falls, North Carolina. You can learn more about our ministry at day3church.org or find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash d3church. This life can put a lot of demands on us to perform and succeed in business, education, athletics, and even at home. Have you ever wondered, though, what God's definition of success is? What does He want from you? The answer to these questions could be slightly different for each one of us, but there are some foundational elements that are the same for everyone. In our new series, Becoming God's Best for You, we'll explore what it is that God really wants for us individually and how you can become the best version of you as God desires. We believe He wants to speak to you today, so sit back and join us for the next few minutes. It's Day 3 Live, and it starts right now. Amen and good morning. Good to be with you this morning. It's been a long time. Um, I've been a member uh, here for several years. You might say, well, Chuck, I've never seen you. And uh, some of you some of you have. Uh, actually, some of you helped me move in. And uh, But uh, praise God for our church. Actually, I've been doing an interim uh, over in the Hickory area for the last 10 months. So it's not that I hadn't been going to church. So I'm okay. But uh, <laughs> God has used me. Many of y'all know I work for the Baptist State Convention and work with, in this region, about 870 churches. And so it's a privilege and an honor just to serve our churches and work with our, our area churches. It's an honor to be a member of this church. Praise God for day three. Amen? Amen. And uh, what God's doing here. And man, I'm just excited about the series of messages y'all, y'all have gone through and training that you've been doing lately on sharing the gospel. Have y'all found that helpful so far? Yes. Amen. And uh, actually, I went back online just to see how well the guys did and, and, and watched all those. And I said, oh my goodness, I'm in trouble. It's going to be hard to fill the pulpit today with such good preaching up to this point. So um, just let you know, they did all the good preaching. I'm here to do the, just the, you know, the backup hitter. And so, <laughs> and, uh, but praise God for them. But you're going to find in the tool that we're going to learn today, the three circles, that a lot of the components and pieces that they taught you, you can apply them to uh, this technique too as well. You're going to find it a very uh, diverse tool that you may already have a way in which you like to share the gospel, present the gospel. It can be adapted to this three circle method. And we're going we're gonna to talk about that. Now, uh, before I get too far ahead of myself, all of y'all have got a card, right? Everyone get a card. If you need a pen, raise your hand. Usher will come and bring you a pen or a card. If anyone doesn't have one, just raise your hand. They'll get you a pen or a card and, so, and help you to have that because uh, we're going to use that this morning as we go through. This is going to help you to practice uh, the neat thing about this tool, uh, it, it can be done on a, uh, a napkin at a, at a dinner table. It can be done on a piece of paper. You don't even need the card. It can be used as a framework that would help you to remember how to present the gospel to you. You're going to see it's just that, uh, that simple. But to start us off this morning, here's what I want you to do. On the side with just the three blank circles, let me ask a question. How many of you know of one person that doesn't know Christ as their Lord or Savior or is far from God? Does anyone know one person in that category? If you do, I believe God just placed a name or a face. If you know that name, write that on this card right now. Just write that name. How many of you know more than one person? Raise your hand or raise your card. 
several of us do, maybe you'll write two or three names and uh, write those on there. We're going to use that in, in a little bit later, but we want to begin to, um, to identify that, that it's amazing lostness is all uh, around us. That's what actually brought me to this position and actually, you may not even realize that we live in what is identified across the state as a pocket of lostness. That means that 70% of the people that live in or near this church uh, do not know Christ as their Lord and Savior. It's amazing. We identified 250 of those throughout North Carolina. And we're working to impact that, to eradicate that. Uh, why don't we say 70% of the people who live in an area are saved? Well, see, that's not the world we live in. We're going to be talking much about that, too, as well. The uniqueness of this tool is you're going to see how many times in everyday conversations do you engage people about problems or challenges. Y'all ever have those conversations? Wow, especially with the day in which we live with disease and famine. And I don't know about you, just turn on the news and you have something to talk about that's devastating. You know, people are hurting, people need hope. And we're going to explore how to turn everyday conversations into gospel conversations. That's really what we're going to work on. But for this first uh, slide that's going to come up, you can go ahead and advance to the next one. Um, yeah, it's right after this one. There's going to be a video presentation, and Pastor Jimmy Scroggs is going to share with us this tool. He's actually the creator of the tool. It's been adapted and used in different ways, and we're going to talk about that too as well. But I thought it would be good for you to see, uh, see and hear from the creator and watch him present the gospel in a four-minute short presentation. Let's go ahead and play that. Scroggins again working on our gospel conversations training and I want to give you an example that you can maybe follow as you try to get ready to get reps to share the gospel of Jesus so I'm going to show you the three circles just the gospel piece right now on the board the Bible tells us that God has a design for our lives that God cares about every aspect of our lives that's our families that's our personal lives that's our choices our money our sex life really everything about our life God has a design for it if we live according to God's design, then we have the opportunity to live in the arena of God's blessing. The problem is that all of us have a tendency to depart from God's design. When we depart from God's design, the Bible has a word for that, and the word is sin. And inevitably, when we sin against God, when we leave his design, we end up in a place that we call brokenness. Now, all of us know what brokenness feels like. It feels like emptiness. It feels like guilt. It feels like rejection, it feels like shame, it feels like regret. But when we get in this place of brokenness, we always try to fix it. So we try to maybe dive into a different relationship or try to make more money or try to become more religious. But whatever we do, we try to mitigate the pain of our brokenness. We try to escape our brokenness in some way. Now, brokenness really hurts and it feels like a terrible thing. But the truth is it's a good thing because brokenness draws our attention to the need for change in our lives. But the change that we need doesn't come from in here. The change we need comes from somewhere else. The good news is that the Bible tells us where that kind of change comes from. That kind of change comes from what's called the good news or the story of the gospel. Gospel is just the Bible word that means good news. 
The gospel is the story of Jesus. Jesus, who is the Son of God, who came to earth, and he never departed from God's design in any way, not even one time. But Jesus was crucified on the cross for, the Bible says, the sins of the world. That's my sins and your sins. And when Jesus was hanging on the cross, God did a miracle. He took the sins of the world, our sins, and put them on Jesus. And Jesus received the punishment from God for our sins. When he'd done everything that he came to do, he said it is finished and he died. They took his body off the cross, they buried him, and three days later, Jesus was raised from the dead. The Bible says that God raised him from the dead to prove that Jesus was who he said he was, the Son of God, and that he could do what he came to do, forgive our sins and heal the broken places in our lives. The kind of change we need doesn't come from in here. The kind of change we need comes from the gospel itself. The Bible says that what we need to do when we find ourselves in brokenness is repent of our sins. In other words, change our heart, change our mind, change our direction, and believe the gospel story. That's the story of Jesus, how he was crucified for our sins and raised from the dead. The Bible says if we'll repent and believe, then Jesus will come into our lives. He'll forgive our sins and begin to heal the broken places in our lives. And then the Bible says that God will give us the opportunity to recover and pursue God's design for our lives. The cool thing about this is that we get to recover and pursue God's design from wherever we are. We don't have to turn back the past. We get to go and believe God and walk with God from right here. Now this is just the gospel piece. There's other things that you need to learn and other things that you need to rep. But I hope that this will help you as you learn to share the gospel of Jesus, turning everyday conversations into gospel conversations. Isn't that neat how you can just take three simple circles and all and use that to present the gospel in a clear and concise way? And he did that in four minutes because that's the, the timing of that video. I've seen people use this presentation in three minutes. And uh, uh, so it doesn't, it doesn't take long. What we're going to try to do is go unpack this with you today, kind of walk through this. This is a tool that the North American Mission Board is using too as well. You can type anywhere on a Google search in and type three circles, North American Mission Board, and get a lot of this information for free. As a matter of fact, you may have already, how many of y'all downloaded it on your phone? Several of you. It's a free app that you can get from them too as well that has a lot of this explanation in uh, their words in the scriptures. Here's what I'm going to want you to do as we go through the training. I'm going to give you some words to kind of explain these three circles as we journey through this and look at these circles. But you'll notice I gave you their outline already written up. So therefore, you already have it. It's already done. I got permission from Nam to copy this. But I'm going to start you off with three blank circles. You may want to put some different words that explain this story or this narrative that's going to help the people's names you wrote up top to understand. See what we're doing? We're not changing the gospel. We're changing our methods and adapting. Like Paul said, I become all things to all people that I might reach some for faith in Jesus Christ. So we're already taking this tool and adapting it to our circumstance, to our situation. But I think you're going to see as we journey through this that it's uh, fairly easy uh, for us to do. Now the very first one, pulling out your, your blank card, uh, I've already drawn the circle, but typically you'd take a blank sheet, you would draw that first circle, and write God's design in that. We're going to use that. I know a lot of people in this one simply put a heart in there. They just put a heart in there because God created a perfect world full of love and peace. 
joy and happiness. And the reality check is, if that were not so, why do you want to go to heaven? If going to heaven is just a lot more of what's going on down here in this broken world, I don't know about you, I don't know if I want to go. But we know it's not, is it? No, because uh, God is completely in control. And but yet God created the world this way. And you might, well, Chuck, what in the world happened? And you might say, we happened. Uh, Adam and Eve. And before you blame grandma and grandpa, um, draw an arrow uh, over uh, with a little a point on it and write the word sin. And uh, the problem is we've departed from God's design, each and every one of us. The Bible says that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and the wages of sin is death. You know, before we blame anybody for our sin, who in the room has not sinned? The Bible says we've all sinned. We've all fallen short. We've all made mistakes. We've all departed from God's design. We've all tried to do it our own way uh, as, as well, every one of us. Uh, I remember one time when I was teaching high school back in Virginia Beach, there was a young man that, that uh, was telling his classmates he'd never sinned. And, uh, and then a, a, another uh, kid said, well, what is sin? Now, you think in our day and time, kids in high school, they would know what sin is. Well, here's the neat thing about it. The rest of the kids said, yes, you have. <laughs> they told them everyone in this room is sin. We know what sin is. It's missing the mark. It's falling short. It's a word that the, the Bible uses uh, to those talk about those things, such as, as lying. or uh, And there's a list of uh, Ten Commandments that to help start us off to show us in the ways in which we depart from God's ultimate design. He gave that to us to show us. But it never was the lead us to, uh, into a right relationship with him. That wasn't the purpose of the law. It was the lead us and help us to understand that all of us have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Now, this sin leads us into what we call brokenness. In that second circle, write the word brokenness. Because there are ramifications of sin. When we sin against God, we experience what we call brokenness. Brokenness, uh, like Pastor Jimmy said, it feels like shame. It feels like regret. It feels like emptiness. It, 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 it uh, really a, a, a place of being used or lonely, as we see. And every one of us have experienced brokenness at different levels. And, and, and now what I want you to do is see the squiggly lines. Draw those squiggly lines because I think they're important of what Humanity does when it finds itself in a place of brokenness. What it does is it tries to fix it. It tries to fix it through another relationship, or it tries to fix it through uh, money, or it tries to mitigate the pain through drugs or alcohol. The Bible says that they exchanged the truth to God for a lie, and they worshiped and served something created instead of the Creator. Romans 1, 25, and this has been going on for thousands and thousands of years even after Jesus came. And yet God knew this, and God didn't want that for his children. And, and the reality check is when we try to fix it, it just kind of, it's kind of like, those are like bungee cords. They just whip us back into brokenness, and we find ourselves in worse shape than we were to begin with. And it just yields and leads to more brokenness. Well, it doesn't that align with what the enemy's trying to do, who comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But that's not God's plan, nor was that ever God's plan. And so... Uh, draw another circle and write the word gospel. See, God uh, took care of this uh, in a simple story that brings us good news in, in a state of often only bad news. 
And that says the Son of Man came to earth as a man. Uh, he died on the cross for our sins and the sins of the world. He was buried and he was raised from the dead on the third day. See, God took your sins, he took my sins, he put them on, in, on Jesus for every one of us. But when uh, God raised Jesus from the dead, he proved that he can forgive our sins and forgive us and heal those broken places in our lives and provide a way for us to come back into a love relationship with him. For God so loved the world, the Bible says, that he did what? He gave his only begotten son that what? Whoever believes in him should not what? Perish, but have everlasting life. And of course, the, the, uh, Billy Graham said that's the gospel in the nutshell, John 3, 16, the most memorized verse in the Bible, but the greatest statement of the gospel that we have too as, as well. The Bible says also that he erased the certificate of debt, having taken it out of the way by nailing it to the cross. A lot of people in this third circle like to put a, a, a down arrow in it uh, to represent Christ coming to earth. And then they put a cross in it, sharing that he died on the cross for our sins. And then they put an up arrow in it, uh, signifying that he rose from the dead on the third day, ascended unto heaven, is with God in heaven. But he's coming again, though, isn't he? And he's going to set it right. This isn't going on forever and ever and ever, folks. He's going to draw it to a close. Matter of fact, he told the church that kind of look for the signs that were coming near. I don't know about you, after going through a year of COVID this past year, I think we're getting close. When was the last time you experienced a global pandemic? <laughs> Never for any of us but it's a wake-up call for all of us. And uh, because the Bible talks about there's not only going to be a disease, there's also going to be famine, there's also going to be war. Isn't it interesting we're experiencing all these things too? There's going to be floods, there's going to be storms. These are merely birth pains, the, the, the word that God has, that talks about. It says, get ready, church, because uh, like uh, we just realized with even one of our own church members, uh, we don't know if we have tomorrow. But we've got today, and how are we going to use it? And also the person's name that you wrote on this card, the enemy's going to whisper, oh, you've got plenty of time. You don't need to tell them anything. And yet, God would say, maybe you need to share with something with them this week, or at least begin praying for them and asking favor that the gospel will be heard in their lives. Now, I want you to draw another line arrow from the first circle to the second circle and write the word repent. See, the Bible has a word for the kind of change that we need to take place, and that word is the word repent or turn. And uh, this is critically important because we can't save ourselves. There's nothing we can do to right or get back over that bridge of sin to right ourselves. God knew that, and that's the reason he sent his only son. And yet while we were sinners, Christ died for us, the Bible says. So he came uh, to do the one thing that we can't do. He died a death that we can't die, paid a price that we can't pay, and he paid it in full for all who would repent, who would turn. That means to change your mind, to change your heart, to change your direction and follow after God and God alone. Now write the word believe after repent. And then, and then when we repent of our sins and we believe the gospel story, the story of his death, his burial, and his resurrection, then the Bible says that Jesus can come into our lives, forgive us of our sins, and begins to heal those broken 
places. Doesn't mean he writes everything, but it's a process of beginning to, to make those things right. For all have sinned, uh, all have been saved by grace through faith. This is not of yourselves, it's a gift of God, not of works, that anyone should boast. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, that Jesus did something that we can't do. And I don't know about you, that's good news, isn't it? Isn't it awesome that we can come back in that relationship? Now, I don't want you to mistake religion from relationship, though. And I think that's important because one of those bungee cords that we often try to play is the, is, is the bungee cord of religion. And yet it never leads to a relationship. Only repenting and believing in Christ. And that's the reason we have baptism. To signify uh, an outward expression of what is inwardly happened. You ever thought about baptism as actually going to a funeral? That you watch the person placed in the water. And what do we do with them? We hold them under. And... Uh, and, and then we say, buried within his likeness is the words I typically would speak over that person. Then I say, raised to life and forgiveness of life uh, through, through Jesus. And, and, and here's the cool thing about it. A lot of us feel that buried part, but we never come back out. To newness of life, to that Christ, when we're saved, he makes us a new creature in Christ and that all things have become new. And here's the, here's the difference that you realize if you've accepted Christ or generally accepted him. Uh, if you hadn't, it's just religion, you're going to get sprung back into brokenness and your life's still going to be messed up and, and, and the devil's still going to be at you and, uh, and it's going to seem to be hopeless. Well, that's not what God's offering here. He's offering hope. He's offering a relationship. And as a matter of fact, when you accept the gospel, you come into a love relationship with him, draw the next line and the arrow from the second circle back to that, that first circle and write, recover, and pursue. So he gives us the ability to, to be restored back into a relationship with him. He deposits his Holy Spirit within our lives. He said, we will come and take our abode. If you're sincere about this and you genuinely give your heart, he's going to give you the enablement to, to live this Christ in your life. And so, wait a minute, you might say, yeah, but Chuck, once I got saved, I still mess up, I still sin, I still blow it from time to time. And yes, we all do, but there's a difference. You're not sprung back in the brokenness. No, you have forgiveness and you're running. You get back up and run back towards God. You don't run back towards the world that offered no hope. You know, oh yeah, the devil's going to tell you, hey, I, I, I'm giving you everything that you need. Just trust me. Well, he's a liar. Have we figured that out? And the father of lies, he lied to our great-grandparents, Adam and Eve, and he's been lying all along. He lies to a lost and dying world. But we know the truth. And the Bible says the truth will do what? Set us free. We don't have to be bound to that. And the spirit of truth comes and is deposited within us to lead, guide us, and direct us into all the truth. I ask churches this all the time. How much truth do you know? You know? And, and yet, he gives us the word, the word of truth, to study, to apply, and to live after. When's the last time you just picked up the Bible and spent several hours in it? I, I hope that's a discipline of yours that you're doing every single day. I know it's something that a believer will do, that he'll abide in his word. He'll be hungry for the word. Here's what we've got to question when those things faint or, or when those things are not true in our life. We've got to kind of put ourselves in check and say, Why? Because, you know, you can grieve the Holy Spirit. You can actually quench the Holy Spirit's work in your life. And uh, we need to put that in check. And that's the reason we have the church. But I'm going to talk about that as I end to, to help us to, to, to come into those resolves. But 
Oftentimes I like to do this too when I've driv- uh, drawn all this out, have all this on there. I say, you know, we've, we've looked at this whole diagram. Where are you at? If I'm explaining this or I've taken two to three minutes or four minutes to share this, and, and trust me, it may go longer too. Where do you find yourself at on this diagram? And a lot of people that are, don't know Christ would say in brokenness. And I said, but where would you want to be? And you know where they point? In God's design. And say, then here's the question you ask. What is preventing you to repent and believe in Christ today? Now, a lot of times I've had people just dead honest with me, and they'll tell me what's preventing them. I had a, a guy named John one time when I worked in the Navy Yard that asked, well, Chuck, uh, he said, well, I have to give up drinking well, I have to give up this and that and the other thing. And I said, yes, John, you're going to have to repent and turn from them things and believe and trust God alone for not only your salvation, but for your life and your all eternity. Are you willing to do that? He said, Chuck, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if I can do that right now. And I said, well, John, I know one thing for certain. God brought me here to share the gospel specifically with you. He burdened my heart so hard I couldn't help but come up here. He said, well, you know, that's funny. He said, because this morning riding into work, he said, I drove up to a stoplight and here comes this guy up to my window, scared me half to death, banging on my window. <laughs> he said, I rolled the window down a little bit and I said, can I help you? And he said, I just want to tell you about Jesus. And he said, he shared the gospel and he told me the whole gospel story. I came into work wondering what in the world was that all about? And I got into work and he said, you know, Mr. Smith downstairs on the first floor. And I said, yeah, I know Mr. Smith very well. Very godly man, loved the Lord. And everybody knew it in that shop because he let it be known. And uh, he said, Mr. Smith comes up to me this morning. And the first thing he does, he says, hey, David. And, he, and I said, hey. And he said, uh, let me share the gospel with you. And, uh, and I said, all right. And he said, he sat there and shared the gospel with me too. And he says, now here you are up here at lunchtime sharing the gospel. He said, you know what? I think God's trying to tell me something. <laughs> I said, David, you're very perceptive. <laughs> I think he is too. And uh, what do you think he's trying to tell you? He said, I know, I know. But I, man, I got so many things to think about here. So many things to think about. I said, don't give it too much thought. Give your heart and life to Jesus today. God doesn't normally press me like this to come up and share the gospel. You know what happened? One month later, one of the guys in the shop came up and said, hey, did you hear what happened to David? I said, no, what was going on? He said he came into work today, and he crossed a set of railroad tracks, and he saw a train coming, so he punched it. It was over in the Norfolk area of, of Virginia, and uh, he thought he could outrun it. He never looked to his left. There was another train. Slammed him and then pushed him all the way down the track until it sandwiched him onto the other train, killed him instantly. God was trying to tell him something. God's trying to tell millions and millions and billions of people in this world before it's eternally too late to give your heart and your life to him. You see, because when we die in our sins, it's not just a lifetime. It's an eternity that we spend separated from him. Jesus made a way that we can come and we be restored. And what do we do next? What, what should I do? The author outlines uh, some key things. And really, as you look back at this, it kind of goes along with this. Um, and typically what I like to do is just kind of tell them what they can do. And you can go back and point to these things and really help them to realize that, you know, all of our lives are broken. And do you recognize it's because of your sin and that you need to repent and turn from that? Do you believe that Christ came to die and was raised and was buried and to, to rescue you from your sin? 
do you want to ask him to forgive you and, and to turn? Will you, are you willing to turn from your selfish ways and trust him alone for your salvation? And then lastly, uh, the statement is, I know Jesus is Lord of all. Are you willing to say that? Are you willing to follow him and him alone? If you are, I'd like to lead you in a simple, a simple prayer. Um, and this morning, I think we'd be remiss as we close this service if we didn't do that too as well. You know, there may be somebody here this morning that's picked up the, the uh, uh, you know, one of those things to try to write themselves through religion but never made it about a relationship. It's about coming into a right relationship. And that can only be done through Jesus Christ. And never sincerely gave your heart and life to the Lord. That's the reason you keep doing this boomerang effect and it keeps getting worse and not better. I want to offer for you, are you ready to, to sincerely give your heart and life to the Lord? To give, give him your all? Jesus said that we are to deny ourselves, take up our cross daily and follow him. That doesn't mean be saved daily. That means stay on the path daily. And don't diverge or, 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 or falter from that. And even when we do, get right back up and keep following him. Would you bow your heads? I'm going to lead you in this simple outline that expresses the desires of your heart this morning. Uh, even if you want to recommit your life to Christ this morning, I invite you to say these words, not back to me, but to God. Just tell him, say, my life is broken and I recognize it's because of my sin and I need you. I believe Jesus Christ came to live, to die, and was raised from the dead to rescue me from my sin. Ask him, say, forgive me. Tell him, say, I turn from my selfish ways and put my trust in you and you alone. Let him know, say, I know that Jesus is Lord of all and I will follow him. Father, we just thank you for your word. We thank you that your word says that if we confess with our mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead will be saved. And for everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Father, I pray that that was sincerely done here this morning. And we know of others who need to be led in that simple prayer of dedication to you too as well. God, give us favor in doing that throughout this world. And we're going to give you all the praise. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. There's one more slide that says, what's next? What's next for us to do? And really, it's to pray, to simply talk to God. Now that you've connected with God, you have an open channel to him. The devil's going to want you to think you're in this thing alone. You're not. Not if you've given your heart and life to the Lord. Not if you truly trusted in him as your Lord and Savior. I would encourage you to begin that practice. And one of the things that's going to really help you to begin that practice is join a local gospel-centered fellowship. You know what? I just happen to highly recommend day three <laughs> and uh, to become part of this fellowship, the, the journey with other people who were broken but trusted Christ as their Lord and Savior too. We're all in the same boat, all pursuing the same God with the same passion. To get into the Word, to get into the Bible, you know, get into the Word and allow the Word to get into us is what we're, we're striving and trying to do, and then share Here's one way that you know that you're a genuine follower of his. Because now that we've come into a, a right relationship, he sends us back as ambassadors back into brokenness to share the good news of the gospel. That's the reason we're doing this training. Do you know less than 2% of people share the gospel? 
um, or have ever, let me get it right, less than 10% ever share the gospel on a regular basis, less than 2% uh, have actually led somebody to faith in Christ. If you've led somebody to faith in Christ, you're amongst a very small number. And praise God for that, but don't be satisfied with yesterday's fruit. Keep sharing the gospel. Don't expect to lead people to Christ. I don't know about you, I share the gospel a hundred times and maybe lead one person to Christ. You might say, well, Chuck, you're just not that good at it. I know, I'm practicing. <laughs> Through God made me a preacher so I could practice more. And uh, But I want to encourage you to practice, to share this with others, to tell others about Christ too as well. Because Jesus wants to heal them also. Jesus wants to restore them also. Jesus said this, follow me, I will make you fishers of men. But we're going to do that together as the body of Christ and we're mission sent. What would happen if every one of us took that charge to heart and went out into Granite Falls this next week, month, year? We would turn it upside down. I think we would eradicate lostness. You might say, yeah, but Christians have been around forever, but not gospel sending, sharing, preaching of the good news, the truth uh, to a lost and dying world. That's all of our jobs. Every one of you raised your hand uh, almost that says, I know of somebody who's saved. But God is enabling, empowering all of us to be on mission for him. But we're going to turn just to a time of response because some of you may for the first time sincerely giving your heart and life to the Lord we want to open the altar for you. Some of you have written some names on this, and that's a burden on your heart right now. Uh, maybe come to the altar if you feel comfortable doing that and just lay that card down and say, God, uh, would you help me? Would you bring other people alongside? And we want to begin to lift them up. Don't let this be a one-time prayer event, but every day, would you commit to pray with them, for them until they come to Christ? If you didn't know Christ, wouldn't you want somebody to do that for you? And, and, and to intercede for you and pray for you until that becomes a reality. We're going to open up the altar. I'm going to be down front to receive. Maybe you just want to talk about your decision that you made. We want to celebrate if you feel comfortable doing that today too as well. But whatever it is, here's what I want you to be uh, during this time. Be sensitive to the Holy Spirit, however he's leading you. And uh, you can stay right where you're at and pray, and that's fine too as well. But however the Lord leads, I invite you to come. Are you in need of greater peace in your life? It is possible, and it starts with being at peace with God. Just pray something like this. Lord Jesus, I realize I need you and your forgiveness. I invite you to be the boss of my life. Thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. I receive you as my Savior and Lord. Make me the kind of person you want me to be. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, we'd love to talk to you. We're here to pray with you, to love you, and offer support. Please contact us at day3church.com. We care about you, and we want to connect with you. Until next time, this is Pastor John reminding you that God is greater than your circumstances, and His mercies are new every morning. It's time to experience a new day in your life.